Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. Hi, all you movie fans out there. Thanks so much for tuning in to Movie Attic Headquarters. I'm your host, Betty Jo Tucker, speaking to you during this first week of April 2011. We have a fun show for you today, folks, because actor, producer, writer, and director George Bettinger will be with us shortly to talk about his remarkable showbiz career. But first, I want to thank Demos Yanikos for helping out in our chat room today, and Jazz Shaw for being here to co-host the show. Jazz, um... Has Demos got everything ready to go in our chat room? Uh, he does. We're all set. Uh, we've got already a number of people filing in. Uh, they have questions about our guest and, uh, and, and various things going on. looks pretty exciting. Well, thanks, Jazz and Demos, and thanks to our chatters. We really appreciate them, as well as our other listeners, of course. Now, before bringing George on, I'm pleased to announce that through the magic of imagination and technology, we have three surprise guests who have agreed to speak with us about their movie experiences. It's my great pleasure to welcome them now, and how I wish that we had a drum roll, Jazz. Welcome to Groucho Marx, George Burns, and Jack Benny. Gentlemen, we're so happy that you could join us. And my first question is for Groucho. Are you well, on okay. the line well, now, well, Mr. Well, Mark? I'm waiting for the first question, of course. Great, Groucho. I, I know you and your brothers made so many popular comedies, but the one that I've always enjoyed the most is Animal Crackers. And I'm curious about that number, Hooray for Captain Spaulding, from that movie. Why do you think that number has been so popular? I've been singing it all morning, uh, thinking about you being on the show. Well, Betty Joe, if you're talking about Hooray for Captain Spaulding, the African explorer, did someone call me Schnurra? Hooray, hooray, hooray. It's one of my favorite numbers. It's one of the greatest shows I've ever done. <laughs> and you've done and you've done a lot of them too. <laughs> well, in that movie, you know, I, think... I was a uh, I was an African explorer in the movie, and I was a huntsman, and I went into the jungle to find the tusks and remove them from the elephants, and I couldn't budge the tusks; they were just too strong. Of course, in Alabama, the Tuscaloosa, but that's another story. <laughs> well, why is that song so popular? I know that that uh, uh, that there are there are uh, many versions of it on on YouTube, Gracho. Uh, I, sometimes you get to see little uh, groups of dancers dressed like you and running around and doing hooray for Captain Spaulding, the African explorer, hooray for Captain Spaulding, hooray, hooray, hooray. Why is it hey, so Hey, you do a very good job of that. Yes, you do. You certainly <laughs> do a good job of that, Betty Jo. And uh, Jazz, I'm, I'm happy to be here with all of you. And I'll say that one of the reasons why that song is so popular, you see, is because later on in life, I did a quiz show called You Bet Your Life, and we used my uh, theme yeah. song, Hooray for Captain Spaulding, the African Explorer, right on that show as well. 
I remember that. Now I'm expecting a what is it, a duck to <laughs> That's right. That's down, exactly right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You say this is a good wait, and the duck will come down and pay you a hundred dollars. And if you uh, spin the wheel at the end of the show, you might even win a thousand dollars. I was waiting for an elephant to show up in his pajamas at that point. So. <laughs> That, that, I, that, that, you, that's one of my favorite a, jokes. Yes, one morning I shot an elephant in my pajamas. How he got in my pajamas, I'll never know. <laughs> we need a room shot sound effect. I'm sorry. I know. I wish we, I wish we had those. I wish we had those. Well, Jazz, did, did you have any questions for Groucho before he, before, uh, he has to leave? Oh, you know what? We can't tie up Groucho all day. We need to get on to the main guest, so I'm not going to hold up the whole show with that. Well, I certainly hope to hold up the whole show. You know, that's one of the things that Groucho likes to do. He likes to interrupt shows and hold it up. Well, he might. You're, well, you're going to stay stay around, so so you uh, you're welcome to do that. And it's it's wonderful to have you with us. But I see Jack Benny has been waiting patiently. So, Mr. Benny, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters. You know, Betty Joe and Rochester and Don Wilson and my good friend Chaz, I'm so happy to be here, you see. <laughs> well, we're, we're very excited that you are here. This Chaz, morning, and I, I was telling to... Mary, I said, Mary, I'm going to do this wonderful, wonderful radio show. And she was so pleased. And she said, Jack, how much are you going to get paid? And I said, now cut that out. <laughs> We did cut that out. <laughs> we did cut out the pay, but but Jack, I I, yes. I just need to know. Um, you you did such a great job in to be or not to be that movie with with Carol Lombard. Oh yes, and yes. I just saw it again recently on Turner Classic Movies, and though it was made in 1942, it really holds up well. But is it true that Carol Lombard upstaged you in that film? Well, I would say she certainly did. You see, my talent and my blue eyes come across so well, and she definitely upstaged me. <laughs> well, I understand that some actresses didn't, you know, were offered the role, but they were afraid to be in the movie. They were afraid that you would upstage them. I remember reading about Miriam Hopkins turning down the role. Is is that correct? Oh, yes, yes. She certainly did turn down the role because she knew it would be just too difficult to work with me. You see, with my good look, my beautiful uh, attire, it's very hard for anyone to be on the same stage with me, you see. <laughs> I think I think that you I think that you're right. Jazz, do you have any comments for Mr. Benny about his movies? Jazz has just been uh spellbound. He's now hypnotized <laughs> by your Jazz blue is eyes. now doing his impersonation of Harpo Mark. I am yes, and I, I'm very good at it. I do have a horn in the background here, but I unfortunately have forgotten how to blow on it. <laughs> 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 well, Jack, as you know, one of your dearest friends, George Burns, is also here. So let's say hello to him right now. Hi, Mr. Burns. Hello there, dear. It's a very, very good honor to be here. I'm glad I'm here with you and Jazz. It's 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 it's, it's a wonderful show, and I wish Gracie was here. Oh, we do too, but we're so glad you could be with us. And congratulations for your well-deserved Oscar for the Sunshine Boys. But I want to know about another one of your movies. How did you get into character to play the title character in Oh God? 
Well, it was very simple. You see that I've been around so long that 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 some people call me God. One of the first <laughs> get one of the first people I ever met in show business was Moses. And uh, and he had he had a headache that day and I told him he should take two tablets and he's been all right since. Now, how is John Denver to work with? Because I've been told by a lot of people that he was difficult on set because he was so much into the nature thing, and you were more of a cigar-smoking, modern, metropolitan kind of guy. Was there any sort of conflict there? Yes, he was very much into the uh, the, uh, the, uh, the the health food and the nature, and I enjoyed my cigars and my martinis, and uh, I, you know, we'd sit down to lunch together, and he'd have a plate of mashed yeast and some some alfalfa sprouts, and I'd have my ham and eggs. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then that's the way, and that's the way it was. <laughs> well, well, George, I've heard that the reason you and Jack Benny were such good friends is because Jack liked your singing, and you enjoyed his violin playing. Is that right? That's right. You see, I'm a wonderful singer. I I, I ought to be a country singer because I'm older than most countries. But uh, to be honest with you. Yes, I always enjoy Jack's playing. He's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful uh, virtuoso. Well, could you sing a little from one of Jack's favorite songs for our listeners? Of course, yes. A sweet young girl was jilted by her husband. He left her and went his merry way. With tearful eyes, she wrote a final letter in which her broken heart had this to say. I'm returning every present that you gave me. I'm sending back each letter that you wrote and every sweet memento that we cherished. Even the locket that I wear around my throat. In close to find the mortgage on the house, dear. That affair you must admit is true. I'm returning everything except the baby because that's the one thing that I didn't get from you. <laughs> that, oh, was that was great. <laughs> no wonder, no wonder Jack Benny just rolled on the ground and pounded the ground <laughs> whenever you sang that song. And thanks so much, George and Jack and Groucho. It's been a treat to have three classic movie comics on our show. But now turning, and and you don't have to go away, of course, gentlemen. But turning now to our scheduled guest. I'm very happy to introduce George Bettinger, or Mr. Showbiz, as I like to call him. George, I know you're involved in acting, directing, writing, and teaching, but I just have to congratulate you on your wonderful impressions. Oh, thank you so much, Betty Jo and Jazz. It's it's great to be here with both of you, and I really, really, truly appreciate what you're doing for show business because you celebrate the golden age of show business, and that's that's the the best time. Oh, thank you. We we do love that uh, that age of showbiz, and I can see why Groucho and Jack and George are among your your favorites. I understand you're thinking about doing a special show featuring those those three. Am yes, I right about that? You're absolutely correct. I was thinking of doing a show called Jack called Jack George and Julius, which would be, uh, of course, Groucho's real name was Julius, which would be a little bit about Jack, about George Burns, and about Julius, and they all tie together because they were all such dear friends. Oh, yes, and and um, I think that that would be a, a very good idea to do something about those three. And, and now I believe Jazz has some questions for you. Jazz, you're on. And, by the way, when you schedule that show, between now and then, if you ever run into Henny Youngman and decide to invite him along, let me know because I, I just think that's a really good match with a lot of the rest of this. I love Henny. Oh, Henny uh, was great. He, he was great. He, he course, was fantastic. And, of course, of course, Jackie Mason, you know, it's an amazing thing. A place would like be in a place like this. I can understand maybe a normal person, but I'm not that normal. 
I grew up in the in uh, up here in the Catskills and actually got to see Jackie a number of times. And yeah, that that's another great one. He's um, so funny. Yeah. Take take us back a, a long ways. Uh, you know, everybody has to make their own uh, choices in life, and we're talking about an era, particularly when a lot of people went unrecognized, or even when they got successful, they didn't make a lot of money. Um, what? How did you originally decide to get into showbiz, which was at times almost disreputable in some people's opinion, and certainly not always lucrative. Yes, you're absolutely right. It was just a passion. It was a passion because I grew up watching these wonderful, wonderful movies on TV. You know, movies with Eddie Cantor and Al Jolson. You remember Eddie Cantor with the big banjo exactly. eye? Yep. Yes. And I and I, I enjoyed Susie, watching them. Like I know and of course, W.C. Fields. Yes, indeed, my little chickadee. I just enjoyed watching them so much, and I learned from watching these comedians that I couldn't help but want to imitate them. And it wasn't just the comedians. It was also guys like Humphrey Bogart, you know, never mind a strawberry, mm. sweetheart. And I just just embraced people like that, and I said, what makes, why am I so taken by these personalities, and later on, as I grew up, I was 10 years old then, I started to read and study and do research on all these people, and I realized that they all came from the stage, and they all came from vaudeville, and they had to play one town at a time and do five shows a day, and that is how they developed these supremely wonderful characters like Jack Benny's and Groucho Marx's and George Burns. Uh, that, that they were all unique. I can agree with that. But take us back a little bit once again, just if you have time for your history. Do you can you recall for us what was your first impression that you ever did of a celebrity? And going forward from there, there were so many people to pick from. Who, who would you select as people to do impersonations from? What were the criteria that you would use? I think the first one that I ever got involved in doing was Groucho Marx. I was about 10 years of age, and I was watching uh, television. I think the first movie I turned on in the middle of was Go West. Um, I don't know what it was, but I was just magically drawn to him. I knew the mustache was grease paint. I knew that it, that that you know I just I could you could see that a lot of it was all makeup and everything. And I said, this is so cool. This guy's wearing a grease painted mustache. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I just wanted to walk like him and talk like him, and and it just became so such an uh, such a thrill that I went to Ruby's costume store and I bought some grease paint and a ten year old little kid running around the house saying, "Say to say goodbye," and you win a hundred dollars. You know, it was very funny. Well, how do you select most of the impressions that you that you perform? I have I think to that feel it. Yeah, things. yeah, that's a very good question. Uh, I, that's wonderful. I've never been asked that. How do you what, how do you select it? It's it's got to be something that clicks within you when you're watching it. I have to feel the person, and if I feel them when I'm doing them and impersonating them, especially on the stage, I just let them take over. It's almost it's it's a surreal feeling. It's like I just lay back and let the individual who I'm doing take over. So I will become Jack Benny, or I will become Groucho. You certainly have a, a special talent uh, for for these impressions that that comes through loud and clear. And I hope that all our listeners will will check out um, uh, check you out on YouTube and your uh, Hooray for Captain Spaulding number because it is just it is so 
on target and uh, so much fun, so much fun to watch. And you know, do you it, think it, that? Go ahead. No, I was going to say since you were mentioning that, um, Betty Jo, uh, there was a lady who wrote a book. Uh, her name is Charlotte Chandler. She wrote a book on Groucho Marx. It was called Hello, mm-hmm. I Must Be Going. And uh, she's a friend of mine, and we became friends through that book. And I appeared in some places as Groucho with her. And she taught me something that he said to her. He said, and this is important for all the listeners on your wonderful program to know, uh, Groucho said, if anybody's going to do me, and he was quite old when he said this, so the imitation was more like this. It was, uh, if anybody is going to imitate me, make sure that they move well. And that's what he said, make sure they move well. And that's why I practice those mannerisms. Oh, and oh, and they're just just brilliant. I I just go to that <laughs> that link <laughs> whenever I want to get cheered up and see. Oh, good. See you do your do your Groucho impression. Well, do you think people can be taught to do impressions, or is it a natural talent? I think that uh, if somebody has the uh, willingness to want to learn, I think that they can master doing an impersonation. You just have to practice. And I I teach acting to senior citizens in Florida, and uh, we have some that are now making commercials, and I'm I'm so thrilled that they're getting bookings. Wow. Oh, well, uh, we want you to talk a little bit more about that uh, a little bit later, but uh, while we're talking about um, uh, impressionists, who do you think, you know, other than yourself, of course, who are or were the best impressionists ever? Oh, what a wonderful question. You guys are terrific, i got to tell you. You you have a wonderful show. Um, uh, uh, John Biner and Frank Gorshin. And, oh, um, great. Yes. Yeah, weren't mm. they? Weren't they wonderful? And, and, and Sammy were- Davis, Jr., Sammy Davis Jr. Uh, was absolutely a great choice, and people don't recognize that because he did a lot of other work in other areas, but that was true. Let me throw you a little bit of what a curveball. What about women? women? Women who do oh, yeah, women. women. I'm speaking for the women. Oh, Marilyn Michaels. Yes. And Carol Burnett. And, uh, oh, there are so many who do great impersonations. Debbie Reynolds. Debbie, Debbie Reynolds. Reynolds. Debbie Reynolds yeah. did some, too. Um, yeah. it, it, here comes the curveball, George. Uh, have you ever run into anyone that you did an impression of or perhaps a family member or a really ardent fan of anybody you did an impression of that had some feedback for you, either positive or negative? Oh, yes. Uh, I, I ran into the actual man himself. I, 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 I met George Burns when he was being taped for 60 Minutes um, in New York City, downtown in New York City. There was a huge crowd, and I cut through the crowd, and I figured maybe I could get a glimpse of him, but I realized when I cut through the crowd that I was face-to-face with the man. So I said, what am I going to say to him? What can I say to George where we can make a unique connection? So I said, George, I want to ask you a question. Um, how are Swain's rats and cats? That was, a vaudeville, that was a vaudeville act. And I knew that nobody else nobody else around me but he would understand that. And he says, they're terrific. They're as good as Powers Elephants. And <laughs> So, so, so I so, finally made a connection there. So, so who's so who's your favorite? I mean, you've you've done a whole bunch. Uh, it's it's probably hard to fit, hard to pick. Uh, who, who's your favorite person to do an impression of? I you know it's I think that my favorite is probably Jack Benny, and the reason being when I'm playing a big room and I turn around and I just put the glasses on, I don't have to say a word. All I do is I put my <laughs> hand up to my cheek. 
I turn around very slowly and I just look at one person in the audience and I just stare off and all of a sudden everybody starts saying Jack Benny and laughing. <laughs> and, and if I can do a, a quick follow-up, because I know Betty Jo has another question here, but um, we, we Betty Jo gets a lot of fans who are up-and-coming people who are trying to break into the business. And this is not an area that is really heavily explored these days, it seems to me, but are there any up-and-coming people that are doing impressions that you've been impressed with? Well, not not that many these days because most people don't do the classics like I do. I enjoy doing people who I grew up watching and now are gaining recognition, thank goodness, once again. Because let's face it, guys, there used to be three stations on TV. There was NBC, ABC, and CBS, and there was right. always something nice to watch. Now there are 900 channels, and we keep switching that remote because we can't find something to look at. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about the people that you do and the people that you celebrate on your show, those are the ones with the amazing, amazing characteristics and qualities and talents and personalities that I just love and that a lot of people are learning to, even young people, are learning to uh, to appreciate. Absolutely, and I I think that uh, Turner Classic Movies is doing such a great job of bringing oh, wonderful some of job. these old yes, movies yes. to us. I, and I was so delighted when I saw To Be or Not To Be uh, a few weeks ago because oh, yeah. I, I hadn't seen it in years and years, and it just holds up. That's just a wonderful movie. And Jack Benny, of course, uh, Carol Lombard did upstage him. But, yes. But Jack Benny was, was wonderful, too. And uh, then um, he he made quite a quite a few other other movies. I mean, The Horn Blows at Midnight was probably the worst one that he did. <laughs> but he, I, I remember seeing Charlie's Aunt, and I thought he was great in that. Oh, and yeah. um, he he of course his television show is just. Uh, it's just great. I mean, it's so amazing. You're right. So he, didn't amazing. Have to, he didn't have to say very much. He had built this persona, which was absolutely uh, the antithesis of what he really was. This stingy person, plus a terrible violinist. And <laughs> I think that he was uh, he was probably a very good violinist, and and uh, he wasn't stingy at all. Am I it, correct so on that? True. I know you've yes. done research. Yes, in real life. He was not stingy at all. He was a very benevolent man. He was ta- he was in New York City in a taxi cab, and uh, the driver took him about three blocks on a freezing cold day. And uh, Jack took out a twenty dollar bill. The fare was about a dollar seven or something. Uh, and he took out a twenty dollar bill and said, he- he- "Here, sir." And the man said, "No, no, please, Mister Benny, no, please don't tip me. Don't give me such a big amount of money. I want to don't don't disillusion me. I want to be able to go home and tell my wife that you stiffed me." <laughs> And it's a true story. Yeah, he was. He was just. People loved the character so much that they wanted the character to be real, and he was actually a very generous man. I know, and the violin—that's just really amazing to me too. But he, but he just kept that going. And there's this marvelous story about. um, I think he was um, emceeing at the. Inaugural ball for Harry Tr- Harry Truman. I think that's, yes. that's yes. where this is set, and he's bringing his his violin case, and the guard said to him, um, "What do you have in there?" And Jack Benny just uh, teased him by saying, "Oh, a submachine gun." And then the guard <laughs> said, "Thank heavens you're not bringing in a violin." <laughs> 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 that's a that true story. story. Yes. Over. 
and over and, and over Jack again. and George, Jack and George were very dear friends. They Jack used to know how to make George crack up, uh, and, and vice versa. When when George Burns would do something, Jack Benny would laugh so hard that Mary would call Gracie and say, "What did you do to this man?" They were at a party <laughs> together. I'll tell you one quick story. They were at a party together, and Jack was wearing a tuxedo and George was wearing a tuxedo and there was a little white piece of thread on Jack's tuxedo. He didn't notice it on the collar. So George went up to him and he said, Jack, you mind if I you mind if I borrow that for a few minutes? It looks so nice I'd like to wear it. So he took it off and he put the thread on his. Well Jack Benny fell down laughing, of course. The next day <laughs> the next day at Jack and Mary's house, a package arrives from Western Union. And it's in a beautiful box like you put a gold ring in or something like that. And they open it up, and there's the string and a note thanking him for letting him borrow the string in the uh, for the evening before. And Mary called up Gracie saying, Jack is on the floor pounding the floor. What did you do to this man again? <laughs> wow. Uh, Betty Jo, D- Demos has flagged me that uh, we, we've also had some questions from the chat, if you don't mind. Um, oh yeah, so this is a good time, uh, Jan. Yeah, Go ahead and uh, and give us the reaction there and the question. Uh, the, the reaction has been great. There, there's been a uh, a lot of comments in, in terms of some of the great impressionists and, and the work George has done. But uh, one person in particular, and it reminded me, and, and I had to be sympathetic with the question, was that towards the end of the Johnny Carson era, one of the other impressionists that we didn't mention uh, previously was Rich Little. George, oh, Rich, and, yeah. And and he seemed to be doing. A lot of great work, and then he just disappeared. What did you think of Rich Little's work, and, and what happened to him? I loved Rich Little's work. He was a very big inspiration, along with people like Biner and um, people like Sammy Davis and, and uh, uh, Frank Gorshin. I loved Rich Little's work. He What happened was that there was a time period when there were a lot of variety shows. And then at some point, mm-hmm. for some reason or another, around 1979, 1980, all the variety shows kind of just disappeared. And and that was really his forte. So so Rich had to go out and do Las Vegas. And I, I believe he's still continuing to work, but we don't see him on TV that much anymore, sadly. Yeah, he doesn't get a lot of movie time or anything like that. Yeah. No, he doesn't. No, and and it, it, it's a lot of it is because he does the classics, and a lot of young people don't know who they are. You know, it's, people ask me all the time, uh, Jazz and Betty Joe. They ask me, why don't you imitate somebody from today? And I say, okay, I'm going to do Brad Pitt. I'll open with Brad Pitt, and then I'll move on to doing, um, you know, Christopher Walken and somebody. I mean, but how are you guys going to know who I'm doing? <laughs> That's a good well, point. No That's a very good point. We probably it, know Walken, but but I don't you, know you, how you, you would. You'd probably I, know I would, Walken, I, but if, if you, he did Brad Pitt right now, Betty Joe, I wouldn't have a clue because I've seen like three Brad Pitt movies in my life. And there I, you I go. Tell you. you see, these people had such incredible personality, and it came across. We were choke. We were joking before the show. We were talking about Jessel. And I was saying in 1929, I could have made the jazz singer, but I didn't. Al Jolson took the part, and I didn't get to do it. You know, everybody used to do Georgie Jessel. Now, people used to come on and do Jessel like crazy. And George Jessel actually went to Joe Franklin and said, you know what? I can't get a booking. Everybody is doing me. <laughs> that, that's everybody, everybody really that, that makes absolute sense. I mean, yes, there's a lot right. of truth to that. That's right. 
Yeah. Well, that was that was great uh, from the chat to to um, remind us about uh, Rich Little because I I had uh, I I really enjoyed his impression. So so thanks for for bringing that up. Any other comments or questions from the chat, Jazz? Uh, no, I just wanted to let you get. I know you're you have a couple more that you're waiting to get to, but that was one of the ones that that stuck out to me because I I did see Rich Little because I was a big fan of the Johnny Carson show uh, in the day, and I I thought the guy had a huge career, you know, huge future. Future. And uh, it, and I agree with George. It just seemed like the, the media kind of moved, the whole market sort of moved away from him, and uh, he disappeared. It was it was sad. Yeah, it and is. I missed the, I, I, and, and and I missed the Johnny Carson show too. <laughs> oh, I yes, think we all was, do because the replacements have not been impressive, my friend. They have not been impressive at all. Johnny was uh, uh, just just a legend, and uh, I don't Johnny think anyone's ever really yes. built that niche. I even I even do a little bit of Johnny. Sometimes I think about Johnny when I'm thinking about Jack Benny, and I think about how wonderful Johnny Carson really was. <laughs> well, you know, I I have to say this before I forget it. It's kind of you know not in the not right on this particular subject, but I'm just I guess obsessed with with Jack Benny. But I want to tell you that if they ever do a biopic. Of Jack Betty, I think uh, playing that role it'll be a toss-up between you and Kevin Spacey. Oh yes. Have you ever seen yes. Have you ever yes. seen Kevin Spacey do Jack Betty? Terrific, terrific. It would be wonderful if we could play him. If somebody could play him younger and somebody could play him older. I'd love it so we could both be in it. That would be so there great. There you go. Now we get both That's of them right. in there. That would be fabulous. <laughs> I like that. Well, I I wanted to turn to your because this is the movie addict headquarters. I wanted to turn to your film experience now, and I in doing research on you, found out that you were one of the voices in the film, The Secret of uh, Mulan. So, yes. Um, what was that like? Oh, animation is wonderful. I, I did so many uh, voiceovers on commercials and movies such as the one you just mentioned, Mulan. Uh, I, I find that it's just a thrilling business because you're brought in and you're shown a video without a voice and you're supposed to provide the voice and it just makes it so amazingly interesting to bring to life a character and that's a wonderful question i i i think any voiceover artist who has done cartoons and animation over the years would love that question it's it's actually breathing a little bit of life into a character and it's thrilling it's a thrilling thing to do i did um listen i've done the the um red m and m on television that you see talking a lot, and i've done those commercials oh. and and yeah you're talking can you believe it you're talking to the red m and m now now the funny part is when I talk to young people today they're more excited about learning that they just made the red m and m than when I do all the other characters now you're you're doing you're you're doing you're doing voiceover work, and Betty Joe started on this, but let me follow up if I may. Uh, yeah. Because again, we we do have you know people that are students, people trying to get into acting. Uh, voiceover work is a little cloudy for a lot of people who confuse you know the uh, the other segments of the industry with you know the folks they see in the main headlining titles. Do they shoot the animation first and then you have to speak while watching it and match it, or do you talk and then do they match up the animation with your voice? That is a terrific, oh my gosh, you guys, are, I wish you'd have me back as a guest often. I love your questions. That's great. Uh, what they do is they do uh, usually what's called a graph or pencil test 
of the animation where it's not the full-blown animation that you see when you go to the movies. It's kind of like a black-and-white, scratchy little um, figure figure moving around, and they try to match up the character with the voice so that it's simultaneously working and developing and progressing and evolving together. Oh, okay, so it goes hand-in-hand. No wonder actors like to do that. Yes, exactly. that, That must be fun. It is. It's it's fun, and then they they record the soundtrack. They record the soundtrack, and then they they embellish those wonderful characters. The artists then go to work and really make it come to life. Wow! And you were talking about your acting classes that that you teach, and um, I wanted to find out a little bit what skills you emphasize. Do you talk a little bit about the voice voiceover in those classes? Too. Yes, I do. Yes, Betty Joe. I, I teach I teach everybody from A to Z about how to get involved in voiceovers and commercials. I teach them nothing from a book. It's all stuff that I learned by pounding the pavement and being in New York for 38 years and learning my craft and going from one audition to the other. And I teach them all the things that they're going to find that happen. And they come back to me and they say, hey, I went to an audition. It, it was just like you said, you know. And, and I find that so... <laughs> It's so pleasing because they they can they can learn from me and they can go in there. I can't get the part for them, but I can help them. I can give them the techniques to try to get the part. Do, do you have a website well, or anything where people out? could, where could reach you? Out, uh, yeah, how to get exactly. into classes? Well, yes, where can people uh, get you, in touch can, with you? Oh yes, that would be great. Well, you could reach me at Facebook, uh, George Bettinger, or you could go to my website, which is georgebettinger.com. Georgebettinger.com. And there's even and an there's email there. Any, there. Yes, there's an email. If anybody wants to get in touch with me or ask any questions, I'll be more than happy to to get back to them. Fantastic. Wonderful. And you're you're involved in just and have been involved in so many uh, projects. I I would like to give you a chance to add anything else that you would like people to know about your background or projects that you're involved in. I know we were talking a little bit before the show about your own Internet radio show, uh, which sounds like a lot of fun. So could you start with that? Oh, yes, Betty Jo. I'd love, I'd love everyone to know about the mom-and-pop shop, uh, George Bettinger's mom-and-pop shop. It's on every day, uh, weekdays, Monday through Friday from 4 till 5, on www.hotmix106.com. It's the name of the station is hotmix106.com. And if you look that up, you'll be able to find the show and it's it's a little ice cream parlor that I created where I'm the soda jerk and all of these wonderful people that we appreciate from the movies, they through through some magical way they come through and they have their egg creams and their sodas and their candies and they sit and they chat and we have W.C. Fields and the Three Stooges and the Marx Brothers and Jack Benny and George Burns and Gracie Allen. They're all coming and going in the store, and it's a lot of fun. George, uh, oh, for, for, can... the, for the younger listeners, for the people who are out there who might be in high school, early years of college, they're thinking about getting into entertainment, it, probably in a wide variety of areas. You've been through the mill. Do you have any advice for people who want to get into the entertainment industry for what they should focus on and what what do you need to do to have a chance to you know get a break the most important advice to any aspiring actor or actress is don't leave your wallet in the dressing room <laughs> <laughs> <Good> okay <way. laughs> 
no. Uh, in all seriousness, before being funny, with, that's something Jack Benny might have told you. Um, I know. <laughs> follow follow your dream. If you if you want to um, get involved in voiceovers, have a demo tape made. Have, that means have a little demonstration uh, CD made of the different voices you do. Not too many. Don't go crazy. Just do a few different ones. Mock up a few commercials. Write them down like a little paragraph for this or that or something else. And go in and record it and try to get it to agents and say that you're willing to go out on auditions. And you'll see. You, you know, if, if, you're, if you're good at it and it's something that you really love, you may just uh, find that, you, that, you, that it works out. Thank you. My pleasure. Great advice, and and I forgot to mention um, your uh, CD that's uh, out called George Bettinger's Mom and Pop Variety Shop. Could you tell yes. us a little bit about that? Yes, the CD is a lot of fun. It's um it's it's sort of like the um, pilot of the show that I'm doing now. Uh, it's a little candy shop where I do all the voices, and um, I'm basically talking to myself throughout the CD. But it's a lot of fun. It's um. Uh, Jack Benny, uh, George Burns, the Marx Brothers, the Three Stooges, Laurel and Hardy, uh, they all come and they visit the shop, and I bring them into the new millennium and see what they would have to say today. Oh, and and where where can we um, get a hold of that CD? Oh, the best place is just go online and, and go to Amazon.com. Or any, you can type into Google George Bettinger, and you'll see there's so many different sites where you can find the mom and pop shop. Or you could be, you could easily go to my site, and I'll help you to find it. It's georgebettinger.com. There's a uh, uh, there's an email there. It's just all one word, like my name, G E O R G E B E T T I N G E R, georgebettinger.com. Well, thank you so much, and I, I hope that our listeners will will uh, will go to those uh, uh, links and uh, learn more about you and, and have more fun with you. Now, I forgot to ask you also about the roast that you participate in. Uh, oh my God! <laughs> yeah, that and that's really really a lot of fun for you, isn't it? Oh, I, I love I love doing roasts. Roasts are amazing, and we really get to uh, you know to 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 flambe the person, but you do it with love and you do it with kindness and you do it with joy, and that's what comedians are all about. Are you still doing any live work, George? Uh, Can people see you anywhere, you know, uh, touring? Right now I'm in uh, Florida. That's where my base is right now. I'm going, going to be starting to hopefully put together a show called Jack, George, and Julius, which I was talking to Betty Jo about um, where I would be Jack Benny, George Burns, and Groucho Marx, and if I have any more information on that, I'll be sure guys oh yes please do because i i think that's such a great idea well jazz any any other comments um well, or really, questions just, from just the if chat? you get up to the cat if you get up to the cat skills uh make sure to let us know because i'm up here in this area and if you're up here performing i absolutely want to come meet you oh i would love it i would love it i think that that would be such fun to to see you in a live performance but in the meantime I urge all the listeners to go to check out your your YouTube's on Google. Um besides the Captain Spaulding number, you have clips on YouTube from um some of the the television shows that you've done, correct? Yes, that is correct. Some of the television shows and some of the commercials. There's even some of the uh, M&M commercials there, I think. <laughs> 
I, I was. I, I got to say, I, I I don't want to drag it out too much because I know we're running short, Betty Joe. But I have watched those commercials forever, and I had no idea it was George. <laughs> and now every time I watch one, I'm gonna I'm gonna be thinking of this interview every time I watch one of them. <laughs> yes, you know, I know recently. I know, and- Recently, I was interviewed by um, the Herald newspaper, the Herald Tribune, and uh, the gentleman who was interviewing me said, every time I interview you, I get hungry for (laughs) M&Ms. I'm getting hungry for M&Ms right now, too. (laughs) But we have one last question, George, and we ask this of all our guests. What's the most important thing you want people to know about you? Um, That I'm a, a good person, a kind person, somebody who cares about others, uh, somebody who you know wants to bring back the beauty of show business, the golden age of show business, and somebody who stands for good quality entertainment. And I really would like that to to be my byline. That when people think of me, they say, "There's a there's a performer." You know, there's somebody who really cares about making making us happy and carrying on the tradition of people that you talk about, like Jack Benny and George Burns. Betty Joe, I know we're running Whoa. short on time, but if we have a moment, if you could go to line three, Demos is telling me we have a special caller on line three. If there's time for one okay. quick question. I'll do that. Thanks, uh, Demos, for letting us know. And that would I be Frankie per- Campo. Fra- hey, guys, Hello how are there. Hey, Hi, Fran. Fran. I'm so, I just so glad say- you called. Yeah, I just want to say, for anybody listening, I've known George for years, and George is fantastic on stage. George and I go way back. I used to do his television show with him. I did his mom and pop radio show with him. And he is just, uh, the way that you hear him on radio is the way that he is in person, and he is just a fantastic teacher, a performer, and anybody who goes out and sees him will just have a fantastic time. Thank you, Fran. It's so great to hear your voice. Well, I was listening to the interview all along. Thank you, Fran. Thank you Thank for you calling. Thank you so much. And, 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 and by the way, Fran and I go way back. We were we we took piano lessons as teenagers together. I mean, we started in the business together. We did each other's clubs. We helped book rooms and everything. And I have to say, Fran's one of my best friends from the early days. And uh, she's a wonderful, wonderful comedian. And thank you for introducing me to Betty Joe. Uh, my pleasure. Well, I, I thank you for that. You. I yeah. thank you for that too. <laughs> And um, uh, Fran and George are both just just great, and they and they make me laugh so much. And George, uh, you were you were such a terrific guest today. But the time is up. You made it fly by. And thanks for being such a fun guest. Thank you, Fran, for calling in. We really enjoyed having having George on the show. But it's time to wrap wonderful. things Thank up you. with a big. Was... We. We really hope to have you back, uh, oh, yes. especially when you get your show about Jack and George and Julius uh, together. So so please do come back again, will you? I will, I promise. Thank you so much. Thank you so now, much for having me back. on. I really enjoyed it. Well, it's been a great pleasure for us. So thanks so much to the people in the chat room, to Fran for calling in, to Demos and Jazz for their help today, as well as to our chatters and other listeners. We hope everyone enjoyed the show. That's all for now, folks. So here's Kenny Loggins to take us out with Footloose.
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.